Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Friday, June 9th. Coming up, Leah Hopkins spearheaded Kansas City's first gay pride parade back in 1977. Everyone who's ever known me knows one thing. I will speak my mind. If it works for you, fine. If it doesn't, that's okay, too. We'll hear how a bold black lesbian helped start a movement. Plus, Overland Park native and musician Kate Cosentino might be a Nashville music star now, but the former contestant on The Voice can't forget her Kansas City roots. It's the music city that raised me, like the music scene here brought me up, and I just love this place, so it it is home. Nashville's second home, Kansas City's first home, always. How Cosentino's hometown pride helped her make a splash on national television. But first, some headlines. As Kansas Cityans gear up to celebrate Pride Fest this weekend, some are on edge because of heightened anti-LGBTQ rhetoric and legislation, as well as a recent incident where someone shot a BB gun into the line in front of queer club Fountain House in Westport. Justin Short, an openly gay candidate for city council and LGBTQ advocate, has been talking with city officials and parade organizers. He says people shouldn't let this deter them from celebrating who they are. These types of acts, are designed specifically to scare us into being submissive and going back into the closet. And we're just not doing it. Kansas City police tell KCUR personnel will be dedicated to the parade route this weekend. They're working with federal and regional partners to monitor threats. Smoke and pollutants from wildfires in Canada have been drifting into the Midwest, including Kansas and Missouri, where air quality has dropped. Kayvon Mansouri has more. Since Tuesday, the fires have brought concerning breathing conditions for Midwesterners who are more sensitive to poor air quality. EPA Region 7 scientist Lance Avey says it's hard to predict when the air quality will improve because the weather can change quickly. That has the ability to shift and we might see uh, greater impacts in the Midwest, you know, depending on how that pattern shifts. So as long as as long as those fires are burning, there's a potential to have an air quality impact. AV says people should pay attention to air quality alerts and individuals with respiratory illnesses should try to stay indoors. We'll be back after this. Back in 1908, Kansas City Biscuit businessman Jacob Luce was locked into a bitter rivalry with Nabisco when he had this idea for a chocolate sandwich cookie, unlike anything on the market. The Hydrox had this, like, really elaborate laurel wreath and this really elaborate font. It was like a very baroque sort of cookie. How Kansas City created the original Oreo. That's on the podcast, A People's History of Kansas City. Today, June Pride celebrations involve parades and parties while recognizing the ongoing struggle for LGBTQ rights. The person we have to thank for Kansas City's very first Pride Parade is activist Leah Hopkins. From the podcast A People's History of Kansas City, KCUR's Suzanne Hogan has this profile. At 79 years old, Leah Hopkins describes herself as a bold black lesbian. Everyone who's ever known me knows one thing. I will speak my mind. If it works for you, fine. If it doesn't, that's okay, too. In recent years, Hopkins has been recognized for her long leadership in Kansas City's LGBTQ community. But her story begins 
in Kansas City, Kansas in 1944. Leah was an only child and says her mom was really strict. By the age of 13, she knew she was different. I knew that I preferred the company of women rather than men. But at 13, you know, what are you going to do? This was a secret she kept for a long time. After a short time at college, she landed a job as Kansas City's first black Playboy bunny. And she eventually started doing modeling work. But she felt this pull to leave for somewhere where she could be who she truly was. Once I made the decision that I was going to leave, go to New York alone and come out, this is my journey. Take it or leave it, not change it for anybody. It was the 1970s. People in New York's gay and social scene were energized by the Stonewall Uprising in June of 1969, when patrons of the Stonewall Inn fought back during police raids. When organizers planned to march the next year, thousands of people gathered in New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. June 28, 1970. One of the most important days in the history of the American homosexuals' fight for freedom. It ignited a fire in the movement and Leah Hopkins. A few years later, she decided she wanted to have a child. She asked a close friend to help her conceive, and she came back to Kansas City to tell her mom the whole deal that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I was a lesbian. In the same swoop. Same swoop. And what was her reaction? It was not okay. It took her a while to really get her head around it. Leah was done compromising. She gave birth to her son, Jason, and got involved with Kansas City's activist scene. She joined the Metropolitan Community Church, which today is one of the longest operating LGBTQ organizations in the city. I started feeling a higher power is speaking to me and telling me this is where I'm supposed to be. You are a lesbian. You are with this group. You will speak out to the day you die. She organized a group called Christopher Street to have a pride parade in Kansas City. She went to every gay business and raised money outside of bars to pull it off. The first Pride Parade was in June of 1977. It was awesome. It really was. About 30 people marched to the Liberty Memorial. And I just told everybody, get ready, because people are going to be screaming out of cars and they're going to be saying things, whatever, but we are going to do this. Being out in public was dangerous. But it was also uplifting and unifying. And over the years, the masses grew. Leah Hopkins was less active by the late 90s. And throughout the 2000s, most young people in Kansas City didn't know who she was. Until last year, when she was named Grand Marshal for the Kansas City Pride Parade, exactly 45 years after starting the very first Pride Parade here. Thousands of people lined the streets to cheer her on and thank her. I've never seen so many people in my life. Seeing parents with their kids, the baby strollers, gay families straight, that made my heart just sing. Her message today, everybody has a seat at the table and find your voice, use it. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Suzanne Hogan. You can hear more about Leah Hopkins' very colorful life on KCUR's podcast, A People's History of Kansas City. 
Overland Park native Kate Cosentino recently made a splash on NBC's long-running vocal competition show, The Voice. Though she's lived in Nashville for the last seven years, Cosentino still sings her heart out for Kansas City. Beck Shackelford-Wanganga has more for KCUR. When Kate Cosentino auditioned for The Voice last fall, she wanted the celebrity coaches to know two things. She's a proud Italian, and she loves Kansas City. Kansas City, it just is home and will never not be home. Costantino grew up in Overland Park and moved to Nashville, Tennessee about seven years ago to pursue music. The lessons she learned from other Kansas City artists went with her. It's the music city that raised me, like the music scene here brought me up, and I just love this place. So it, it is home. Nashville's second home, Kansas City's first home, always. In the latest season of The Voice, Cosentino made it to the third of five rounds. From the get-go, when she walked on the stage in checkered tights, pink boots, and a bright bedazzled dress, her personality pulled people in. My name's Kate Cosentino. I am 23, and I'm from Kansas City. You've got such a cool vibe to you. Thank you. It's clown couture. Yeah, clown couture. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I've never heard of it before. That's what I'm calling it, at least. That's fire. Uh-huh. You're so fun. Cosentino says being on the show was a dream come true. It helped her reach a national audience and doubled her social media following. Like, being on The Voice was amazing and such a validating experience, but the most validating part was making my Kansas City people proud. Cosentino's stage presence and powerful voice radiate joy, but many of her songs deal with serious topics. In Prettiest Girl in the Room, she sings about self-image. I wonder what it feels like to catch everyone's The song Did I tackles eating disorders and confidence. I write that music as a note to myself, but also for people who feel the same way of like, it's so normal to feel those feelings, but also don't let it get in the way of your life. Cosentino is the only professional musician in her family. You might recognize her last name from the chain of grocery stores they own. She says if it weren't for Kansas City's music community, she probably wouldn't have pursued a career in the arts. So yeah, just that like, hey, play this show. Hey, I'm inviting you to the table was a constant mentality here um, that just made me flourish. Cosentino started singing, playing guitar, and writing songs in elementary school. She took lessons from legendary Kansas City jazz guitarist Danny Embry and played shows at Prospero's Books, Uptown Arts Bar, Betty Ray's, and countless coffee shops. Recently, she's been coming to town once a month to plan her wedding and play gigs. Kansas City musician Enrique Chi, frontman for the group Making Movies, worked with Cosentino in her early years during a songwriting camp he organized more than a decade ago. There was no boasting in it. She had been putting in the work, and I knew then something was going to come of that. You can't work with that much discipline and passion and not grow what you're doing. So it was pretty easy to see then. Chi has continued the music camp and expanded his programming. In 2017, he founded the nonprofit Art as Mentorship to get music equipment and instructors to kids in underserved communities. And Cosentino has kept in touch, he says. She recently did a handful of shows to benefit the mentorship program, and she talked with students about her time on The Voice. She was in Kansas City and was a guest teacher and kind of gave, gave a presentation about her journey through that. And the kids were so pumped to talk to Kate. Cosentino calls it a full circle moment. It's funny. I feel like I love Nashville. And there's just, the industry is so big there um, that I feel like I have some mountains to conquer still. And then when they are conquered, I'd love to come back here at some point.
Though her time on The Voice is over, her musical journey is far from it. Cosentino wants to write music for movies and hopes to go on tour to connect with fans from the show. Count on her to keep giving Kansas City credit wherever that journey leads. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Beck Shackelford Wanganga. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadeen. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Suzanne's story about Leah Hopkins and Beck's story about Kate Cosentino, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.